in the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Welcome, everybody. Rebound Radio back in action. We've been on a... I've been on a two-week hiatus. Um, Matt's been on one. He went back east or back to the Midwest to see his father for his 75th birthday, yeah. if I am correct. You're right. Uh, 888-346-9144. Please call if you have questions, complaints, concerns. If you have want any information on the National Basketball Retired Players Association or Rebound Magazine or Rebound Radio as a whole, you can email Matt Fish at mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Follow him on Twitter at reboundtalk. Like all of the Facebook pages, there's an NBA Legends page, an NBRPA page, uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Um, yeah, we're both pretty good followers, so uh, you should do it. On the docket today, as usual, the first segment, we're going to talk about all of the upcoming events in the NBRPA and um, all the stuff that's, that Matt has been up to. Uh, may have a guest on a little bit later, not quite sure, and then if time permits, after the National Basketball Retired Players Association talk, I'm going to quiz Matt mm. on the projections from ESPN on who will win the East, who will win the West, MVP, Rookie of the Year, and my favorite one, who was the worst offseason acquisition <laughs> um, by specific teams in the NBA. Having said that, Matt, first of all, tell me how many times you heard the dinner bell ring on your farm in Iowa when you were there and what's been going on with the NBRPA. Well, you know, <laughs> I guess I'll touch the, the, the farm first. Yeah, no, like you're right. You're right. I went home. I saw family, and uh, it was great. I have a brother and a sister. They both have three kids. Um, uh, to the farm, you know, it's just a little piece of, to me, it's a little just a I'm piece jealous. of heaven. I say that out of jealousy. <laughs> it's a couple hundred acres, God, southeastern awesome. Iowa, you know, and I was out riding the four-wheeler, four-wheeler and I got a, uh, I was trying to think of the gifts that I got my father, and one was a, a mailbox, and we went, hey, what should we do to get a mailbox? So my brother gets online, he rifles through them, and he finds one that has John Deere. I'm like, hey, it's not a bad start, right? So <laughs> I go through it, and I find one that's a little red barn. We have about six or seven different barns that are red on the farmstead. So it's like, come on, man, we got to get the barn. Go, I didn't see that one, so we did. So what I did is I spent my time back there putting that uh, up the right way because it was all crooked because so many snowblowers go by and knock it over and whatever else have you. That being said, I was on my back getting this thing solidified and got bit up. So I got like ant bites on my I elbows. Uh, but it was worth it. Uh, the whale's coming with all kinds of glory, and uh, <laughs> the flag works and everything. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> well, that being said, uh, missed being on the show. Missed you last week, yeah. and uh, it's good to be back. Uh, just to give you a little update on the NBRPA, I know that they just most recently had a program, Prep for Success, that we had here in Phoenix, Arizona, not too long ago. They had it in Houston. They had a really good turnout. They had uh, Rockets' John Egan and Robert Reed, and Robert's been on our show before, as well as Kevin Loader and Ollie Taylor. Uh, those guys were there making sure that uh, what they did was uh, reach out to these young um, campers and teach them about life because along with basketball, they talk about uh, they have different, aspira- or different uh, things of life, making sure that you're doing the right things. And So I really like the positive approach, the role model approach. I, I really appreciate that program. Through the NBRPA, they go all over the United States. They go to many different cities, and they make big, big differences. 
and that's in partnership with um, like Aquafina, and it's also I think um, uh, Mountain Dew I think's in on it too. But uh, and so is I think Under Armour. So they've got some nice sponsors, and I'm glad that they do that. They're going to continue to make that difference, and uh, they just got done doing that on September 27th, I believe, over in Houston. So that's one thing they just did. Um, I just received an interesting email today, and let me grab that real quick as I roll through it. This is from General Counsel of the National Basketball Retired Players Association, and it regards player likeness rights under the O'Bannon versus the NCAA rule. And then he starts talking a little bit about the NBRPA, so that's the National Basketball Retired Players Association. And they're talking about how these former college players should or shouldn't get paid. And it's something I kind of want to talk about today. Please. And, um, and, you know, I, don't, I can't get my head completely around it. I have my own opinions. I can tell what it was like back then. I can tell you what I've had conversations with other people and their experiences, you know, and, and, and I can give you my, you know, really what I, I think about the whole thing sometimes. But at the same time, uh, the whole thing's interesting. And um, what they do is, I think it was seven years ago, the, N, uh, the, the NBRPA member, his name is Ed O'Bannon. Now, he filed a federal lawsuit challenging the NCAA amateurism rules. And he contended that the students, athletes, should be compensated. You should get paid, is what he's saying, for the images and likenesses. You know, originally it was a lower court ruling, and they found that some of the NCAA amateurism rules did, in fact, violate federal antitrust laws. So they came back and they said, hey, let's bring this to the next level. It got there. So, but they denied the men's and uh, basketball and football players the monetary value for their names, images, and likenesses, which, you know, hey, that's, yeah, I don't know. You know, so the O'Bannon, they weren't satisfied with that, so they went back and they, they took it back to uh, the court. And um, just to give you a point of reference, NBRPA members, they currently get compensated through NBA licenses program. So what they do is that they use your image and your likenesses by the way of a royalty payment. So this last year, just this year in 2016, over $2.5 million was paid out to former NBA players through this group licensing agreement. Um, there's no thing that exists like this for college athletes at all. And I got to tell you, I, I played in the NBA and I don't get to see any of that money either. So some of these players that have been there and they've got their names, or maybe it's been since I played. Now, I was in a video game. Uh, back in the uh, 95 or Did 6. Did you have that good old Midwestern boy uh, <laughs> comb over? <laughs> I'm going to put that on Facebook. I think, I think you must have. I'm <laughs> jealous. I mean, that hairline was going towards <laughs> your eyebrows instead think, of the other way around. You like that? Yeah. I, I think back then I might have had frosted tips. It could have happened. Listen, I did that once <laughs> in high school, <laughs> too. Happen. I it did that once, happen. too. So any, anyway, uh, you know, it just doesn't exist for the athletes nowadays, but the NBA players, it does, but not not me necessarily. Um, you know, he could take me off the bench. They'd start George Mirasan. I was on the Bullets back then, so it was the last year it was the Bullets. But, you know, I didn't see any money from that either. You know, and in the meantime, a variety of things are being made, these games, and, you know, uh, as far as the TVs are concerned, and on and on and on. There's tons and tons of money that can be made out there uh, or paid out to the players using their likenesses. Uh, that being said, uh, they do some in the NBA, but you have to have certain stipulations that you would qualify for that. And part of that, I think, is playing more recently. Mm-hmm. And maybe playing more than I did. I mean, I put my three years in, but um, the more years you put in, obviously, the the bigger name and likenesses and so forth, the more money there is to be made. So, you know, what are you going to do about these college students? I mean, they're making millions and millions of dollars. The NCAA is. You know, lots and lots and lots of money. And I do think that first and foremost, the education is important. So that's what they're 
they have to do. They have to give you your scholarship. So this is what they determined. They determined that the players in football and men's basketball should be paid an additional $5,000 a year for the use of their images and likeness. This plan, though, was ultimately overruled by the higher level federal courts. Okay, so they appealed it. And they came back and they said, no, okay. First you say you can have the five grand. Now you're saying you can't have the five grand. So now what's the next step? I know they appealed it and they're trying to get it back into really the, uh, the highest court in the land, the U.S. Supreme Court. So they're trying to get that back in there. They're trying to get a better ruling, one that they think is more fair all the way around. I'm going to let you run with a little bit, Alex. I you know, tried to give a little thing around it. I, you well, can ask good. me my opinion. because. Well, I, why don't you start with that? Okay. When I went to college, I was really, really honored to have a four-eyed scholarship. I understood that it was... Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to stop you right there. When you signed the paper, you were honored to have a four-year scholarship because you got to play basketball for four years and didn't have to pay one dime, correct? I knew that I would be able to play a sport and it would pay for my college education. Okay. And that was big for me. Uh, it's never a question in my family of whether or not you go to college. You go to college. Right. And that's that. Right. Uh, my brother went through. He still owes on college. My sister went through. My parents, she's the young one. She's the spoiled one. She got hers paid for. You know, so she doesn't owe anything. But guess what? Neither do I. But I was the one who had to get up every morning, you know what I mean, and, and, and work out. I had to go to all the different things that I had to do that they planned for me to do. And I had a lot to do when I was playing basketball for North Carolina Wilmington. Every day, preseason, you know, postseason, we were always working out. And we were always in study hall if your grades weren't good. You know, you were always in study hall. So they always had your time, you know, really in lockdown. And your time was very few and far between. But here comes the offseason. Okay, so basketball's over, school's over, I've got a couple, three months. I, I, I can work, you know I mean? There is a chance I, I could work, so I did. Of all things, the Iowa boy went home to Iowa and worked in the fields, and I Atta did. boy. I did, I did. Milk those cows. And, well, it wasn't milking cows. <laughs> I'm just kidding, it was, go ahead. Uh, detasseling and roguing. Now I could go into that too, but all it was was a summer means. job. Okay, it was a summer job. Mm-hmm. I had to be out in the fields. You know, it was hot, cold in the mornings and hot in the afternoons, but it was a, an honest job. Mm-hmm. And it didn't pay us great, but they paid us a few bucks, right? So my parents were like, you know, I know you haven't got a lot of money. We're in college, so they gave me a hundred dollars. I had one hundred dollars a month to spend. $100 maybe went further between 1988 and 1992, <laughs> but not that much further. Right, right. You know, and... Uh, Thank you, Mom and Dad, for that $100 a month. Um, it, it really did come in handy. Um, you know, they're looking at me like, look, you got room, board, tuition, books. What do you need? Three meals a day, right? Three meals a day. You know, I mean, you've got to, you can go in there and eat. I mean, they do, you know, I mean, you can still be hungry, but they're even saying you can even take food to go. So we could go in there and even, you know, eat and get like a little to go if you got hungry at night. So you weren't dying. We were fine. You know what I mean? But still... To think about the amount of money, and maybe Wilmington not as much because we weren't on TV all the time, but all these other ones, just think of the big, big organizations that make millions and millions and billions of dollars when it's all said and done, and you're not allowed to work. You know, for me, in a way, I was stuck in a position where my parents made too much money, too, because other people I went to college with had these things called Pell Grants. So a Pell Grant was if parents wouldn't claim or even didn't make a certain amount of money, then you qualified for a Pell Grant. Here's some money. It's a grant. Here's some money for you to spend. Don't pay us back. 
Just, here's your money spent. I'm sitting back going, geez, I wish my parents didn't have a good job. You know, <laughs> if you will. I'll make a joke of it, but it'd be a few more bucks in my pocket. And I don't know if everyone's above board or anything. But I know I look back at the time and I try to think, well, was anyone cheating then? You know, was anyone getting little envelopes under the, you know, I, I certainly wasn't. Yeah. And I'll admit now, okay, here, I'm going to. Were you I'm offered? Gonna, I'm going to. No, I never was. I was never offered. And I was one of the best players, you know, there the, my senior year. I was, a, I was really a big part of the program. Um, I remember one summer, uh, one of my coaches gave me $20 for gas because I wanted to drive up to Greensboro, North Carolina and see my girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I didn't pay it back. You know what I mean? So that literally, that $20 is all I can come up with. You know what I mean? My whole entire time. But I know others got some things. I know others from different programs got some things. In my opinion, I think you should get paid a little something, but if all your bills are paid for it shouldn't be a lot of something right and that's their foundation that's the ncaa's foundation you get paid to go to school because you're a student athlete if you happen to be exemplary to craft right then you get to pay the school back in spades in that regard by you know donning the wearing the jersey and and making money for the school ncaa in 2014 made 989 dollars 989 million dollars in total revenue okay so, wow. it was 908.6 million um in total expenses, so they netted, you know, at eighty mil. Okay, that's which is weird. It's all fluid. I understand, but the big number they made almost a billion dollars, and athletes made zero. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I have a couple problems with students getting with athletes getting paid, and um, these are very. I mean, they're not arbitrary, but okay, here we go. So one, does the quarterback of um, Alabama get paid more than the third string offensive lineman that never gets to play, number one. Mm-hmm. So does everybody get paid the same amount? Right. And if that were the case, then there would be a, a whole other set of issues like, well, if, you get, if you're uh, more of an integral part of the team, you should get paid more. Number two, does the women's badminton team players get paid as much as the starting quarterback at Alabama football? Okay. Do club teams get paid if you don't have an NCAA Division One uh, school like baseball for you know whatever Cal State San Marcos you know the smaller smaller state schools? Is there a line that everybody gets that they sign for and they get a check every month, or because the football and basketball teams primarily? Unless you're in the Midwest and baseball's the number one, like I think Vanderbilt might be close to number one in baseball in oh, really? college, then college football. But don't quote me on that, mm-hmm. because all of the money that college football makes for most schools funds all of the other programs for that school. Right. So, if the money is going from the football program to other schools, then should the football team be the only one that gets paid? I mean, there's so many different issues that will arise from money because money, especially in college, especially is loosely defined money in college can be the uh, one root of evil. I mean, these kids are getting in trouble without any money, which I understand is it's polarizing. If they had more money, would they not be getting in trouble? No, everybody's going to get in trouble in college. Cause that's where you find yourself. That's where you know, which friends to have and which ones not to have that you had in high school, especially athletes. Because if you're going to make the next step to professional sports, you sometimes can't hang with the friends you grew up with. You know, that it's just proof positive. And it, it's just come through the media from what we've seen. I know a lot of it's glossed over, and I know a lot of it is 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 fabricated and steroided to show uh, because if you're a better athlete, obviously they're going to be following you closer. So those are just 
things off the top of my head that I've thought about in the past and, and, and talked about, but that's just the basis. Yeah. Everything else, who the hell knows? Yeah. And yeah. the biggest part of all of this is the suits upstairs are never going to give away their boat or their plane or, you know, all their frequent flyer miles because they travel all, the, all over the world. It, it's never going to happen because these, these, these athletes are kids. They're kids. Even though they're not treated like that, even though they're held to a higher standard, especially the, the um, better performing ones on bigger stages, you're never going to get paid. And we've seen a couple people, and I'm almost done, we've seen a couple people go overseas. Brandon Jennings was one. There was mm. a big one that, yeah. that went to a big high school that could have gone. I think he committed to Duke. Don't quote me on that. I think he committed to Duke and then rescinded and then went overseas. Emmanuel Moutier um, committed to SMU with Larry Brown and then went over to China. Mm-hmm. This guy got drafted mm-hmm. by, the, by the Nuggets high in the, in the first round last year. I think it was fifth so, or seventh. Y- you might see an influx of that, but there's no, uh, there's no uh, fail-safe uh, overseas. If you're not good enough, you're not going to play and you're not going to get paid and you're going to get cut. And then what are you going to do? You're going to come back with your tail in between your legs? Right. You're going to pay for school on your own? Well, if you make enough money. Yeah, but but I mean, if like Emmanuel Moody didn't play, Ricky Rubio who played, I, it's different, yeah. but even Ricky Rubio who just walked into the to the Timberwolves and was the starting point guard, yeah. he had a year of, you know, a not great play, but he's He's been getting better and better. He didn't play on the Spanish national team. Not everybody's Tony Parker that can play at 15 and then just come to the NBA. And I know I'm getting off topic a little bit with regards to school, but with how expensive tuition is, I mean, tuition, USC's tuition when I went to college was over $30,000. And, and that was in 2001. And that's interesting, too, because it depends on the tuition. I mean, you can go get a scholarship for a college if you just decide to choose that college. I had a buddy, and I, I taught him right over at Mountain Point High School in Ahwatukee, right here in Phoenix, Arizona, in the Valley of the Sun. And he had a choice to go to a couple places. He chose to go to St. Mary's, California. And one of the reasons why is it's in San Francisco, one of the most richest places in the world. But beyond that, it's a private school, and it was a $45,000 a year scholarship. When I went to Wilmington, it was like, mm, Five, yeah. you know, if that. Yeah. So that's interesting too. You know, there's so many factors. Well, but having said that, and we'll talk about this on the other side of the break because we got to get out for a second. Is the more money the tuition is, the more money the boosters have. Yes. Yeah, Alex good. Clancy, Matt Fish, and Studio. We'll be right back. Rebound Radio. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. 
Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Well, excuse me if this is a little muffled. I threw up on the microphone because I was looking up <laughs> United, uh, University of Southern California's tuition during the break. Alex Lancy, Matt Fish in the studio, Rebound Radio. Um, check us out on voiceamerica.tv. Uh, click on the big Rebound um, logo in the middle of the, of the homepage. Uh, go. Oh, real quick. Most recently, we had our group go out to the Jerry Colangelo Hall of Fame Golf Classic, and they oh, got that's some right. good wigwam, right? Yeah, the wigwam. They had some good interviews. So check it out. He's talking about VoiceAmerica.tv. We had some good interviews on. There. I know Gary Payton's on there, and they had Jerry Colangelo on there. So some nice little tidbits. The glove. Yeah, the glove. But yeah, check it out. There's a lot of good uh, stuff on there. So uh, back to more pressing matters. Hmm. University of Southern California in Los Angeles, the Trojans. Uh, if you want to go there, undergrad, and pay uh, and uh, and take between twelve and eighteen units, mm-hmm. you will be paying twenty seven thousand four uh, five twenty seven thousand four hundred and fifty dollars per semester. So that's fifty five thousand dollars a year oh, to go to college. Oh my goodness! Okay, so this actually works in the NCAA's favor. So if you get a scholarship for four years to play football or whatever. Mm-hmm. $220,000 will be in your pocket and then immediately given back to the school. You're not getting filet mignons in the mess hall. No. You're not getting surf and turf on Saturday. It's not surf and turf Saturdays. So maybe, maybe there's a correlation between the two. Maybe the NCAA has needed to increase the uh, cost that does to go to college because there's so much money that is going, putting in their own pocket. When it comes, what do you think? But how many athletes are there uh, in the grand scheme of the undergraduate class? How many, how many athletes? None. Yeah. And they're still getting 55, whatever, 55000 a year mm. from each student. I mean, you know, the crazy part is some of these guys don't even get their education. <laughs> At least get your education while you're there if they're going to pay for it. But I know. Ooh, doctor of physical therapy, full year for one, for year one and year two students, $62,000. Well, thank goodness none of the athletes are doing that degree. And that's not even including the fees. I mean, you're paying $28,000 a semester. Wow. I mean, it's so, okay. So bef- anyways, sticker shock. Um, this is where the problem lies because it's probably the same deal. I'm sure USC and don't quote me on this. And this is just my opinion, a little bit more greasing with envelopes going on at USC and Texas and the big name schools. And that's my opinion. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what I think Mm -hmm. because it's, I mean, let me share it. Let me, let me share a little bit. What It's expensive to live in LA after your freshman year. Oh, geez. Crazy. I mean, I know one Gas way. Gas alone. I'm trying to think of ways people made some money le- legally without the NCAA getting in the way. And I'll tell you one. 
I know of a group of former basketball players from the University of Iowa that after their time was up, they went around on a tool, tour called the Barnstorming Tour. Of course they would in Iowa be a barnstorming tour. But what they did is, and of course in Iowa we have no pro uh, sports, so Iowa is our pro sport. And I remember Al Lorenzen and some of these guys who came down and played in our gym. Right? So I, I, later in life, when I was playing basketball, uh, I was talking to some of these guys who did some of that barnstorming. And they, after they got done playing, could go around and make about $30,000. And one dude, Ed Horton, played for the Iowa Hawkeyes, told me he had thirty grand and a Jeep Cherokee when he graduated from the University of Iowa just by doing this barnstorming thing. So I know there's ways. What the hell is I a barnstorming? Uh, that all they did was go around and put on these little shows on at the area high schools. So you come into a little 2A high school or 1A or 2A or 3A high school, and they just go up and down the court and play a game of basketball. And then I get uh, So this was, was after they graduated? Yeah, after you had, of course, you had your, you know, your time had to be, but you couldn't do that if you still had time left. Okay. But that was one way. Now, there's one way. But there's other ingenious ways, too, I know, besides rolling stuff underneath the table, you know, being really illegal about it. Um, I don't know, you know. So, so then is there an issue with uh, it being legal or not legal? Sh- should we, you know, I mean, there's all these things that are going on at the table. We assume they're going on. So what if it was above board? Maybe it'd be a write-off if the NCAA is a nonprofit. Yeah, well, it, it, I don't think that if it was for profit, then the athletes would have even more of, of, a, of a grand astound, to stand on, ground to stand on. Mm-hmm. I have a couple ideas as to how to pay athletes. Oh, yeah? Uh, Rebound Radio, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, 888-346-9144. Number one is pay per academic performance. Now, the issue with this one right off the bat is that it's only for athletes, and it's not going to be for people that are going to school to get their degree, which is, I mean, it's kind of counterintuitive, but, and another issue is it might increase cheating to get that buck. And I don't know if that's true or not. This is just whatever. So say you get, Say you have a B average through your first year. You get $3,000. Mm. You get an A average through your first year. You get 4000 or 5000 And the issue, another issue, there's so many issues. This is the whole yeah. thing. Another issue with this is the academic curriculum per school varies. Yeah. So if you're going to University of Kentucky, it's going to be different than if you're going to, what's a good school that, uh, that, ha- that has good, uh, damn it, I don't know. Vanderbilt or something with 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 great academics mm-hmm. that also has um, exemplary sports teams. UCLA, Duke. you know Duke, Duke. There you go. So that's one. Okay. So if you're you're an NBA basketball or if you're a college basketball player, the issue with that though is is that you have to have a good GPA to get in there. Right. You have to have an upstanding background. Obviously, if you watch the Fab Five, they laid it out pretty pretty uh, pretty openly for you mm-hmm. that they only recruit certain athletes. White, black, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But they recruit based upon your past. And some of them are affluent. Your academic history. Well, and your off-the-court history, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, say Duke. That's fine. That's a good example. Duke and, and Alabama or Kentucky, very different. Hmm. You know, the tuition is different also. But if you can maintain a 2.5 GPA throughout a year, you should be, you could be, rewarded with some sort of financial thing in your bank account. And that would, that would allow the student athlete to really be the student athlete. Right. And all the coaches would hate it because that would take all their focus. That would take a lot of their focus off the sport that they're playing Mm -hmm. and actually put it in the classroom because they want that money. 
And then it's like, well, can I get an advance? Well, if I do it first semester, do I get a little bonus there? And cheating could be an issue. And it just begats more and more questions as to what is legal and what isn't. You said you had a couple ideas. I, I don't mind the first one. I appreciate the incentive aspect, although there's a lot of different things that go into it. What's your other idea? How... You get all the money at the end of the year, and it's more. At the end of your college career, and it's more. If you maintain a 3.0 GPA through four years of college, you get $30,000 waiting for you when you're done with school and graduate, which could yield, especially NFL or college football players, going out early. Mm -hmm. Because if you finish, you'll at least have $30,000 waiting for you. And then if you don't get drafted, you have a chunk of change that, you can, that you're good with until you find your next step. Well, if you're not going to play pro sports, my thought is is they could, and you're always looking for, and even the NBRPA will know the members are looking for a job. So after you've put your time in somewhere and say you aren't going to have that opportunity to go to the next level, I could see being rewarded with a job. Now, a friend of mine jumped on that. He had a, uh, the same one I was talking about, went to St. Mary's, had a booster that said, hey, do you want to come and work for me? He took him up on it. I think he might have been the first one. And it's his career now. And he's making really good money at doing what this other guy was doing. He learned what this other guy was doing and went and did it himself. So interestingly enough, I think those that don't go on to pro, and even if those that do go on to pro, I think if you even do that, that university supposedly, because they always talk about how we can place you after we're done educating you, place them. Like even UNC Wilmington, I'd love to be able to circle back now, you know, many years later and say, this is what I've done. Place me in a job that makes sense. Maybe even working there. I hmm. even, uh, anyway, I, yeah. I know. Uh, Anyways, moving yeah. on. I think they, that'd be an opportunity. That should be an opportunity that if you can go back to a school, if you're one of the bigger names going out of there, like I was at UNC Wilmington, I would think that they would take advantage of that. Yeah. Especially if there was somebody who was capable who wanted to come back and help that university. Beyond that, the university has some sort of, we got to help you. And it may not be financially, but if they're so proud of their placement track record, then why can't they at least assist and help and get behind these athletes who now need a job? I don't know. Well, I mean, no, I'm thinking yeah, that's well, another no, way. It's not money. It's not giving exactly. them a check. It's the best, the, the best part about that whole thing is that it doesn't cost the NCAA a dime. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good one too. But it won't, it won't um, fix the issue of I don't have any money on a Tuesday and want to take this girl out on a date. You're right. Um, and I would think if you're playing uh, at the college level, it shouldn't be too hard to find a date. <laughs> but, well, yeah, but not if you can't pay for it. Yeah, I know. So, and I mean, what if, it's, okay, what if they give every athlete, tough. what if they give every athlete $100 a week in the off season? Mm -hmm. In the off season? Yeah. I mean, so that's $400 a person per month. Say the off season is what? Six months? Mm. Oh, so you're saying even if school's on. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying when you're not in your sport, when you're not playing your sport, so you flip it. It's not when you're in your sport because that's where you can get in trouble. Right. It's when you're not. So say it's six months, hundred bucks a week, twenty four hundred dollars per player in the off season. Say there's seventy players on a college football team. I don't yeah. know how many. So say say seventy to be to round uh, to to round there. So say two grand. That's one hundred forty thousand dollars. Right. No, it's more than that. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point is that it'll still be too expensive for the college to be able to do it or the NCAA 
to do it. And, and that then, means they'd have to charge more for tickets, charge more right. for jerseys. So it would come out of our pockets to 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 pay these athletes that are amateurs. There's so many moving parts, and that's the hardest. That's part. why they just say no. So yeah, the NCAA. I know they have the NCAA, who's a nonprofit, and you have all these universities who are for profit for the most part, right? So then they have to figure out who gets what when these deals can be an entire conference. You know, so like you say, what if one of the top teams plays the second best team? That's going to be better. There's going to be more people watching that game than, say, if the worst team's playing the second to the worst team. So, I mean, I really feel that if you're going to pay players that the sports ought to, the, the players who play the sport mm-hmm. ought to get paid equally. Because it's hard to say, okay, I'm a starter. That guy's not a starter. If you pay one less, you pay him more. And like I said, I don't know if anyone will ever figure this out. And even the courts are staying away from it. You know what I mean? So we're obviously not going to solve it today. But I, I'm sitting here trying to get my head around it. And I've, I've given it some thought over the time and over the years. I knew this much that I, I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, went through, I wouldn't flush. I didn't have any money at all. Um, I'd do things like my parents gave me uh, a car, and it was an old, junky old car, mm-hmm. and they called it the Hoopty. Mm-hmm. It was my Hoopty, but it was all good because I could pile everyone in there, and the air conditioning was just as cold as ice, and there were penguins walking around in there. That being said, it was a great big old LTD <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when gas was up back then about a dollar uh, you know, or so. Easy and, street. Yeah, it was the easy street back <laughs> then, right? So, But still, if I can't put any gas in the car, you know what I mean? And I'm asking my other guys, hey, did you get a Pell Grant? Because I didn't get one. You know what I mean? Could you toss me a little gas money? Well, I didn't have any money either, you know, really. And so I just didn't have any money, you know, and I was so happy that my parents gave me a few bucks. And I look back at, sure, it wasn't much, but sure, it was a lot, you know. Um, But I also think about how they paid for my sister's college. And I'm like, well, you, you know, you paid thousands of dollars for her. And I went and you didn't have to worry about helping me out at all. You know what I mean? So it's indentured servitude. Well, I, I, you know, again, I'd like to circle back to Wilmington now, today, at the age of that I am now, and go back and be like, hey, hey place me. You know what I mean? And I think that should always be open. I also think that if you don't get your degree in that a lot of time, and you do go on to play pro ball, to mm-hmm. represent that university, I think that when you're done playing, or if you get hurt, or if you can't play anymore, however it works out, that university should still get you educated. Yeah. I mean, and you could do another thing on on top of that point. You could do if you have a scholarship, you have to you have to get a degree within this amount of time, or you have to pay fifty percent of it back, and or I, something and like I've, that. I've heard that, and that's the whole oh, point, man. But then getting a those... scholarship should be to represent a university in the classroom first. That's what it should be. And it's it, never been that way. And it, should, and it should really highlight the educate yourself, the importance of education. And it doesn't always do that. You know what I mean? Because if a guy can go out there and jump from the half court line and dunk it on you, do you care if they're getting A's? Right. You just don't. Right. You know what I mean? So you're looking for the best athletes. You're looking for the guys that are the quickest, the guys who can shoot the best. You know what I mean? And if they have good grades, well, now you're in Duke. You know yeah. or you know what I mean? And now you're yeah. taken to the next level. So I, mm, 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 mm. It's going to be forever a moving target. Yeah. I mean, and the other, and then compounding the issue, and we got to go to break in a minute, but compounding the issue is the one and dones, mm-hmm. you know, scholarship right. for a year. You know, it's it's just, 
it's wasted on people that don't want to be in college. And if you remove the one and done thing and let the kids still go from high school, the level of play will go significantly down in the NBA. It's going to be AAU ball just with older players in 15 years if you remove that. But also, on the positive side, it's people that do want to get an education and do need, maybe need two years to develop. But I'll take two years of college over one, obviously, and I'd happily take two over none. So at least you have some sort of idea if you take class... uh, if you take class seriously at all, which most do, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's the, in the, in the spotlight, it's all the players that don't, you know, that have tutors that people take the test. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what gets washed? And there's yeah. sanctions all over the place. Sanctions follow John Calipari everywhere, <laughs> but he gets out before, uh, Pete Carroll mm-hmm. sanctions follows him. I'm going to the NFL. Lefty, he got something in his ear. I'm out. Lefty yeah. Left your Giselle. Yeah. Right. No. Right. And it's, Larry Brown, God, all of the big ones. You know, so, that so that's what the majors, most people want to go to class. I mean, most people will go to class on their own recognizance mm-hmm. and won't need somebody to tell them to do it. And I'd much rather have all of those scholarships set for people that want to kind of figure out kind of what they like because that's all you can do as an 18-year-old in college. It's a huge travesty for having somebody pick a major when they're 17 going into college. Like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life because I know exactly what's going to happen. Well, you know why they do one and done? Because the NBA's got it set up that way. Exactly. As, as so soon as you got so, your three years, so done, remove the big it. Contract they don't comes. care about. They don't care about uh, protecting these kids. Yeah. They want the product to be good. And you're not going to have good product when you have 17 year olds on the court. They had some rule change most recently that if you got drafted and didn't enjoy your draft slot, you could go you can back. You go back, in. yeah, which is about brand new. Yeah, but you still can't sign an agent. No, I know, and usually that agent should tell you the right or the wrong, and sometimes they don't. Well, sometimes they, they do. I mean, most people should have the the inside info on. You'd think on where the hell they're going to go. Well, you'd think. Uh, now I'm getting pissed off. Alex Clancy, <laughs> Matt Fish in studio, uh, Voice America Radio, eight 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 three four six nine one four four. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, final segment, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. There was some breaking news that uh, happened while we were off air. Um, the Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, are 1-3 right now, and they're, they're going to play the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday Night Football. Matt Fish predicted they will be 6-2. and two. Oh, Wait. They will be 6-2 and two through eight <laughs> games. So one of, those, one of those games will be, one of those losses will be removed from the record. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Killing me. He's thinking field goal percentage and not, and not record, which is fine. It's, it's sweet. Um, anyways, so with, with with your car in college, did you have to get the roof? Like, what was the head no. situation? For those of you who don't know, Matt Fish is is six eleven. You were probably what two thirty in oh, college. I, it was more than that. I was like, by the time I as was a freshman. Well, maybe as a freshman, I was two forty. When you start packing yeah. on the on the hamburgers, well, or the muscle. Was, I mean, you it pack- was muscle. Yeah, I hope. Well, I mean, by the time I was a senior, okay, two seven. No. What did you eat for dinner? Every night, when you because you did you have like a you had a cafeteria and there yeah. was just a, mm-hmm. the thing the. We the buffets just, and yeah, everything? Yeah, we just eat the cafeteria. Yeah, so definitely. what would you eat on, like, a mu- after practice, you're beat tired, you know, you took a shower, you went, and then what would what would be it? How many trays would be in front of you? Well, there would be a tray just for liquids alone. Okay. You know, I mean, so, what you, we, like, lemonade? You're not drinking yeah, soda no then, sodas, right? no No, I wouldn't drink any sodas. Um, but you would eat dinner, you know, and you'd make sure that there was plenty of carbs, make sure there's plenty of protein. And then when you were done with dinner, then you'd eat it again. Really? Uh, I'm telling you. They talk about this swimmer, uh, Michael Phelps. Yeah. Oh, man. It got to be like that. And you wonder why all these football players, they just force them to eat. And then when they're done playing, they're used to being forced to eat. Mm-hmm. And then they put on They the, put on 30 yeah. pounds in a month. Yep. And they lose the muscle. What was your favorite thing to eat? Like that you could eat in mass quantities of and not like chicken nuggets? <laughs> I'm sure you guys had chicken nugget battles. <laughs> we you must have. We had preseason games that were uh, spaghetti and chicken. And, and I tried to always sort of put my head around trying to eat more correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't say I always did it. You know what I mean? That, that being said, there may maybe two or three desserts a night kind of thing, you know. Sure. But it, if you're burning them like we were, it didn't matter. You know, if you're burning the calories, you know, it didn't matter. You get up in the morning, you run on the track, you lift some weights. The afternoon, you're playing basketball. You know what I mean? For three, four hours, you know, you, you couldn't even put weight on. And then you were so young and you're running around. It didn't matter. You know, you were sore, but not very long. Mm-hmm. Not like nowadays. You walk up a pair of, you know, steps and you're sore. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, so, I, you know, here I am still a big character. Mm-hmm. And uh, even then, that LTD held my my big self. That's nice. You know? It was a big, oversized LTD. Not only would it, would it hold me, but it would hold my teammates, who were all pretty good sized. Now, I was, one of the, I was the biggest player on the team. But... Uh, we could all pack in there, you know what I mean, and, and just roll around in this big old LTD just because the AC was freezing cold. Oh, I'm sure. So I had Shaq uh, come in. His his kids were looking at the school that I went to in high school, and um, he had just got traded to the Lakers, I think. It was a couple years after that. He pulls up in an S500, and you could tell that instead of having two rows of seats like normal just sedans do, his front seat was like almost in the back to where the back seat was. It was probably two feet back because he's tall, drink of water. Well, and I saw him get in the seat. I'm like, it, you don't, you don't normally get in like that. Like he gets in like a limo uh, and then gets to his back, which was, which was weird. Anyways, 
Uh, I you thought got, he was a, a size specialist for Buick. It looked like he was stuffed in there like a sausage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fit, but they're all like, oh, you bet. He, he fits in there. You know, I can't breathe right Give me $10 now. $10 million just fit in oh, yeah. there. That's true. So uh, <laughs> to put a button onto our conversation about should athletes get paid, this uh, college athletes get paid, um, this started with Ed O'Bannon versus the NCAA, and it was about – College athletes um, getting paid and getting royalties for their jerseys and and everything of the like. But the main part was when the 1995 uh, UCLA Bruins, the team was put on the 2000-whatever NCAA basketball video game by EA Sports. Now, all of the college uh, sports games, I don't think think there's college football anymore, but there was for a while, uh, college basketball, all of the players just had numbers. And you knew who your favorite player was for whatever team, that whatever school they played for, because you watch and then you play with them. But when you started to be able to play with specialty teams from the past, that's where inlaid, inlaid, inlay, inlaid the problem. Because at that point, you're out of college. Ed yeah. O'Bannon's out of college. Uh-huh. Ty Sedney, uh, Toby Bailey, Charles O'Bannon. George Zedek was the, was the top five. Wow. I think I think I think Charles O'Bannon came off the bench though. I'm missing somebody. When you I'm say missing those, somebody. I'm surprised you can come up with all. Those. I'm That's missing. Fantastic. I'm missing. But anyways, well, Ty Sedney against Missouri yeah. in the first round, and then you never heard from him again. Uh, the Sacramento Kings are bad for basketball with college athletes. Um, so at that point, you're out of college. You didn't get any royalties for any of the jerseys that were sold, and they had those nice powder blue UCLA. They rocked in every big uh-huh. game. Yep. And then on the video game, out of college, you should be getting paid at that point because you're in the NBA at this point. You are a professional athlete, and you your likeness, albeit on a college jersey, is being used and distributed in mass quantities for 50 bucks a pop. And because you're one of the specialty teams, you're mm-hmm. one of the old school teams that gets featured on there. Anybody that went to college there is going to buy that. Anybody that loved basketball and played the NCAA game will definitely buy that because you get to pay with, with Ed O'Bannon, who's one of the better college basketball players ever. Well, I know that UCLA had a leg to stand on too because, hey, without us and our program, how do you build your brand? They you were, built your brand through me. Yeah, but they hadn't, they hadn't been relevant since Wooden. And then they and then yeah. they come and, yeah. and then they come in with uh, Jim Herrick, who's another shark, yeah. another guy that had all these sanctions against right. him everywhere he went. Yeah. I think Georgia, and then I think he went to St. John's too. Steve I can't Lavin remember. was an assistant coach. That's right. And then he took them to two Final Fours, but they never won anything. Or two. J. Champ- R. Henderson. Nope. Was on that team, wasn't he? To- Toby Bailey. Yeah. George so, yeah. Okay. So let's do. Do you have the Do you have the thing up or no? I was just looking at the ninety four ninety five UCLA roster Bruins men's basketball. Do you have the team. roster? So I'm miss- uh, I'm I'm missing somebody. I I don't think Charles. No no no. You got to test me. Okay. Go to roster. Okay. Th- there's roster on there on okay, Wikipedia. I'll look. Um. And yes. uh, okay. So I wish I wish it would uh, denote starters, but I'm missing somebody. Is there another big name player on that team that's not Charles O'Bannon? His brother. Yeah, Ed. I know, but there's uh, Charles O'Bannon was a year behind. I think you you hit it with George Zidi. Yeah, he's a center. Right. But there's got. I think there's there was somebody. Damn it! Now I now I no, just gotta don't look. look. No, I gotta look. Bob Myers. Nope. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Tyus Ed. Oh, Cameron Dollar. No, he was the sixth man. Okay. So. Um, that being said, Chris that, Johnson was that there. Started That's the right. Whole Cameron movement. Dollar. Cameron Dollar was the back. Was the uh, was the backup point guard. So Charles O'Bannon did start. 
So this started the whole movement, though, right? These guys went through, were very successful, didn't get compensated for tons and tons of money that UCLA made off their jerseys, off their game, too. Didn't they make a video game of them? Or They were in the NCAA they were basketball in the NCAA game. That's, game. What, that's what it was. And that was big, big money that they yeah. didn't see a dime for. Yeah, and that was when they were out of college. Right. So right away, I think, he jumped on. He jumped on that, and then it became a bigger thing uh, in 2009. And then now... Uh, like the Northwestern uh, athletes were going to unionize because it's a private uh, school. Yeah, you're going to unionize. That. So they were all just, that. it was all just a melting pot of pissed off college athletes <laughs> that want to get paid. And that's really what it is. And it'll never happen. That's mm. I, all with all of the ideas and all the theories that both of us have come with, yeah. come up with combined yeah. squat. A couple because, of them are good. Yeah, but there's uh, no way the NCAA doesn't have to do it. Nah, I know. So why would they give up money to appease these guys they're never going to see in three years? It doesn't matter. You can go to court, go to Supreme Court, do whatever the hell you want. It's never going to happen. You can appeal the a suits, million times. The suits will always win. The suits will always win, especially when it comes to athletes. Look at the NFL. They don't give a, an yeah, S about, about safety. They try. Mm. Yeah, Roger Goodell right. tries, but look at the look look at the quality of sport now. It's It's diminished because now... All the players are 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 scared to lose fifty thousand dollars by getting a bad hit or by hitting somebody and them getting concussed on, on on a big hit. Like it's now that it's in the minds of all the athletes in the NFL, people are getting injured more because they're thinking about it. Before they just used to play and worry about it later because nobody knew what CTE was in the seventies uh-huh, uh-huh. or it was covered up. And the same thing with college college sports. Just because it's an issue doesn't mean it's going to change anything. Well, then you go into like, okay, so maybe you should never pay these former pro athletes, but what if you, I mean, college athletes, but what if you got injured during your time there? Are they on the hook for making you right again? No. But you can take, I wonder what the rules are about taking out an insurance policy on your body. Because um, Marcus Lattimore uh, was a, and I don't know why I keep going back to football, but it's just, it, they're synonymous at this time. Marcus Lattimore tore two ACLs in college. Took an insurance policy out on himself, never played it down in the NFL, and uh, I think his insurance policy was worth $1.7 million. So he got that. But, wow. it, but in the NBA, especially now, ACLs are easier to come back from. And the injuries that happen, groins, mm-hmm. hamstrings, mm-hmm. shins, maybe shoulders if you backs later on, but you really don't have back injuries with 25, 26-year-olds, let alone college players, unless right. you're Greg Oden and look like Father Time. You know, there's the issues with injuries aren't as much in the forefront as they are in other sports. So it's not as it's not as hot button as obviously the issue with uh, Ed O'Bannon versus the NCAA. The NCAA will never a billion dollars a year. That was two years ago. These numbers are going to be astronomical. And there will always be college athletes. And college athletes will always play without getting paid. So why would you? Why would the NCAA ever stop? What What do they mean by full cost of attendance? Can you? Can that's, you help me with that's that? room and board and, and and tuition and everything. So why wouldn't every college not give you and provide you with the full cost? Of they, they do. Okay, that's what the they email say said. Mo- it says most colleges now provide that, anyways. But my question, I guess, and I, I maybe touched base with it off the air. Say, if I was an out of state down at North Carolina from Iowa, like I was, do would they pay? To me, to be an out-of-state student or an in-state student, my thought would be an in-state student. Yeah, but you have to live. You have to. I mean, I'm sure they could circumvent it for scholarship purposes. Right. 
and I'm sure there's loopholes that the NCAA knows so they don't have to. But when the money's not coming in, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what the scholarship is worth, right. does it? I mean, no. it, it really doesn't. No. Because it's all, it's all Bitcoin anyway. I mean, yeah. it's all fake money anyways. Yep. So does that make your degree fake? Nah, <laughs> uh, well, better not. I mean, well, so you know? I mean, student athlete. Comes okay, student so first. your thought on getting a job after college? Great. Right. I think that's the best one you said. I think the best one I said is that it's never going to freaking happen. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. I mean, all the ideas about paying athletes. It, it, I was trembling a little bit when I was talking, uh, proverbially. Like any money that goes into these kids' pockets is going to cause bad things to happen. Yeah, it's it, it's never going to be a positive thing because money and college students is not a good combination and survival money and wanting to go take somebody out. Like you should also be able to have quality of life when you are a professional, when you're a college athlete. And I understand that, but there needs to be a middle ground. Like as part of your scholarship, we will give you a certain amount of money, a per diem. And I think per diem is necessary. I think, and that's, but it's not the same as just having you know, $1,000 a week to go do whatever the hell you want to with it. Like, the rules written in scholarships need to be tweaked to a certain degree, and it's so difficult when it's on paper because then the NCAA has no say. I mean, it could even be your living arrangements. I mean, we stayed in these on-campus apartments that had three of us in one place that mm-hmm. each of us had a small room. Are you kidding me? Do you think the bed fit me? Not even close. Nope. And, you know, you talk about comfort, you know, or jeepers in my own house. You know what I mean? I had a bed that would fit. And then I come to college where, you know, I got a full-ride scholarship and I got to bend my knees to sleep. You know, things like that. You but you get to go to school. This is true. And I did. And I got my degree. And you, you know got what two mean? masters I afterwards. Right. And I, yes, I did. I know the importance of education, so I did it. But, you know, not everyone does. You yeah. know what I mean? And not everyone has the opportunity to go on and play pro sports like I did. Matter of fact, most don't. Matter of fact, almost all don't. So my thought then is, okay, if you're educated and you're so good at educating, like I said before, then provide a job. You know, but uh, it's not going to help during unless you no, can work. You're right. Unless you can work while you're in school, which would be the easiest way to do it. If you can get a job at freaking Quiznos right. and work for 10 hours a week and make $120 a week and you get a $200 paycheck every two weeks, that's enough. Or even if you mentored in an area of your expertise, say you're going for a degree in a certain area, communication, all right? So then it's help on the weekends at the university station and you know what I mean? And, right. and do, a, do a radio show. Or, but, but, that would, but that would cost the school money. If you work somewhere else, the, the main reason why, in my opinion, is that it's going to take away from your quote-unquote academics, which means the sport. The sport that you play, it'll take time away from that mm. because that's something else that you have to schedule around. But if you can work at Quiznos, I don't even know if they're still in existence. If you can work, whatever. If you can serve tables for 20 hours a week, right. it'll teach you work ethic. Mm. It'll teach you how to balance a checkbook. I don't even know if people have checkbooks anymore. But it'll teach you things, and damn it, we got to go. No. Well, we do. I know. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish. um, We'll see you guys next week. Rebound Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.